0: Welcome to the Real Estate Survival Guide, the show that teaches realtors how to create a thriving real estate business.
1: Welcome to today's episode of the Real Estate Survival Guide podcast. I am your host, John Shookman, and it's an honor to have you with me for today's episode. Guys, I am pumped to bring back to you Elaine Appleton Grant. She is an amazing friend, and we talked about her life in journalism and running podcast allies. And I wanted to bring her back and just have her talk to you more about her journey, some of the adversity she's faced in her career. And I really wanted to give her some time because I felt like we cut off the last interview. But I really wanted to give her, you know, a few minutes to tell you about her course podcast liftoff. It's amazing. It's really helping people get into podcasting and grow their podcast. So Elaine Appleton Grant, thank you so much. Welcome back.
0: It's great to be back, John. Thank you.
1: Yes, you are welcome. So we talked so much in the first episode about your journey and all these different things. And we really kind of focused that episode on like the relationship. And, you know, you said people go back to a podcast host or realtor because of the relationship they create. There's a show you listen to where you love the host and you listen to him every day that you feel like you know him as a friend, even though he has no idea who you are. And so we talked about some of the cool stuff. I'd love to hear if you're willing to share. Research shows that 87% of realtors are out of the business within five years. I'd love to hear kind of like adversity you face through your career, anything you're willing to share. And what would your advice be to realtors who feel like they are struggling and cannot survive in this business?
0: Yeah. And it's such a good question. It really is. I've faced a tremendous amount of adversity in my career. And journalism as an industry has lost more people over, you know, the last few decades than the automotive industry, which, you know, was decimated over a couple of decades. I mean, journalists have it rough because the whole industry has changed. And so I'm very familiar with the trouble. And it's also extraordinarily competitive. We're competitive people. So it can really get to you. It's a very high pressure kind of a career and it's tough. It's really tough. I think if I were to go back and do something differently, one thing that I would do differently is I was in print for a long time. I was in magazines. I started my career in high tech trade publications. I was an editor at a magazine for people who managed big computers for corporations. I had no interest in that. Looking back, it was actually a pretty useful thing because it launched me later into covering business, which I really love, but I felt like it really was kind of meaningless. I was getting paid well and I had amazing perks. I was the international editor of this magazine. I went to Europe like five times in two years. I was only 24, 25 years old, you know, existential, I mentioned, I used that word in the last episode that we recorded together. I just didn't feel like it had any meaning. So I was not very happy. What I would do differently is I would try to play to my, not just my strengths, but my curiosities and my passions, and I would go after that as opposed to taking whatever came along. And because I wound up doing a very circuitous path. One of those circuitous paths was, I remember commuting to that particular job and you know, sitting in traffic. I lived outside of Boston, I would be in traffic for an hour every day. And when I first heard NPR on the radio, and I was totally entranced with it. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's what I want to do but I didn't have the confidence. I had that dream, John, for 13 years before I finally did any radio. Wow. And the only reason that I managed to do any radio was because the magazine I was working for 13 years later was sold and we were all out of jobs. And so I had to do something different. I had to look for a job. And I had sort of made the opportunity, found the opportunity to get an interview with Boston's biggest public radio station. And I got an opportunity to work there. And it was like a dream come true. And I forget how old I was. I was old for public radio career. If I had to do it differently, I would go back and pursue that much, much earlier. You know, that said, the job that I had, you know, where the magazine was sold was one of the best jobs of my life. So Mm -hmm. I'm glad that it happened that way. It was happenstance. I was recruited into it. And I was just really, really lucky, but I would believe in myself more. I would say, if I Mm -hmm. like this, if it fulfills whatever is the most important thing to me, then I'm going to do it. And I'm going to understand that nobody's good at something when they're new. That's the definition of being new, is you're not good at it. Now, Mm -hmm. I just started doing yoga like Mm -hmm. a month ago. And I've been reading this great book called Meditations from the Mat. And this one passage really stuck with me, which is that Everybody who comes into yoga for the first time tend to feel like they're not athletes and they're uncoordinated and as kids they weren't athletes or whatever and they're embarrassed and they feel judged. And he says, inevitably, the people who stick with it a year later are graceful, coordinated, they're good at it. And it's not because they did anything special. It's because they kept showing up. I wow. think it's the best of Showing up. You just keep showing up and you say, you know what? Today sucked. I was terrible at my job today. I lost a client today or I didn't get the client I hoped for. I mean, I'm talking to myself.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. And I love what you just shared because it's so funny because, and I didn't even think to talk about this or ask you this until you said it. That's what I love about just having a conversation. You know, as a realtor, sometimes I even think to myself and I teach people on the podcast, oh, 87% don't survive. You know, you're going to be out of the business in five years if you don't do it. It's so hard to survive in this career. I mean, I don't say it's hard. like I teach them how to survive. And what you shared was journalism has such a high rate of failing as well. And so It's so interesting because I think that's also a motivation for me and others. Not that I'm leaving real estate, but the grass isn't always greener, right? Jobs are hard. Careers are hard. And so maybe there's multiple careers where the failout rate is 80%. I'm sure there are. Journalism, real estate, other things. And so I think it's a lesson for me for everyone, like it's hard, but if you do a good job, you'll have success. And it's kind of like what we've discussed on our last episode. If you build relationships, if you care about people, you're going to have success. You're going to survive, you know, but just kind of looking like, oh, woe is me. I'm never going to make it in this business like Eeyore. Well, yeah, you're probably going to fail out in five years if you have that attitude. Probably a lot sooner. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Well, five weeks, not five years. It's interesting, right? Because everyone has their perspective, right? Like I've got my horse blinders. I see my way. We won't get into this, but I've had more careers than careers. And that's why I'm not a W-2 employee, because I'm just not good at that. But it's very interesting. It's sort of like things are what you make them. And if you say, oh, I'm never going to survive, you probably won't. If you believe and have faith or confidence that you will, then yeah, you'll make a way, right? One of the things that I say to my listeners is, you know, and I don't know if you know this, but I became a licensed realtor three days before our first child was born.
0: No, I didn't know that.
1: And so it was a lot of life change at once, right? New son, wife. After three months, my wife's maternity leave ended. So I was stay at home dad life for four months and then COVID happened. And so, you know, and it's terrible. COVID was terrible. And I'm not saying it wasn't, but my wife started working from home. And so it gave me some opportunity. Hey, when he was eating breakfast for an hour, she could feed him and work and I could get stuff done. Normally, at the time, if I could help her to noon, when he went down for his nap, he would get up at four and she was done work at 430. And so honestly, God really blessed us. Again, COVID was awful. I don't think I would have had success had it not been for that, because I would have been doing the stay-at-home dad life. Like, how are we going to, you know, well, we can't live off your $40,000 income, you know, and she wanted to quit her job. So I had to like, you know, make really good money. And we've done that now. But I think a lot of realtors out there, I'm sure there's journalists too, we talked about on the first episode are part time, and they're doing it on the side and doing it as a side hustle. These careers, they take a lot out of you and you can't do it, oh, hey, yeah, I'm going to do it from six to nine, Monday through Friday night. Like, no, this is hard work if you want to make it successful.
0: Yeah. And at the same time, you know, I am completely speaking from at this point in my life, a position of privilege. My son is 19. He lives with his dad. I have some financial responsibility. You know, I choose to help him. Mm -hmm but I don't have kids at home. I am not worried about making a paycheck every day. I've had lots and lots and lots of years where I had both of those things going on, where I had to make a certain amount of money, And I had a child at home and I had, you know, difficult marriage and other things that made work really, really, really hard. And I don't want to take away from the idea that there are people out there who, whether it's real estate or journalism or whatever, don't have an option of doing it full time at first, right? Because they need to make that regular paycheck. And so personally, I mean, I don't know about real estate. I can't Mm -hmm. speak to that. You know, it just takes a tremendous amount of persistence. And telling yourself yeah today wasn't great or I even failed today I made a big mistake or whatever stick with it while I work as a barista or work in the insurance agency or whatever else it is that you're doing to pay the bills because that's real life and so it's not that all these things that we try to do that are hard where there's a tremendous amount of competition should only be done if you have the privilege to do them full time and not make money for a while. Because yeah. as I understand it with real estate, you don't make money right away.
1: I should have shared some of this. I made $2,000 my first 10 months. And it was a miracle. We're so thankful to God that like we survived. We like lived off her $40,000 income and like lived, you know, rice and beans like poor people. And I mean, I remember at the beginning of the real estate journey thinking, am I going to lose my house? And so that's sort of the cool part that like, now I'm on the other side. Now, again, real estate, you're, you only get paid when you sell a house and I've got stuff on the books for the next, you know, two, three months, but who knows after that. But that's why I don't stop working today. You're right. It's all about that persistence. And it's all about, right, being passionate too, right? Like I'm good and not in a cocky way, but I'm good at real estate because I love it. We talked on the first episode about that relationship with clients. I love that. I get a, you can see it and hear it in my voice. I get excited about it. Today I'm going to see a client and see their house and like I told them I'm bringing them Chick-fil-A for lunch. Like I get excited to see people and do that stuff. And I think that's a great time to kind of transition. I want to hear what you're working on. And I know how passionate you are about your new course, Podcast Liftoff. You started it in January and kind of takes you from the idea, creative, purposeful, you know, editing strategy through the launch and the growth of a podcast. I'd love as we just kind of close out and thank you so much for your time today. Tell us about it. I'd love to hear all about it and why you're passionate about it.
0: Thank you, John. And I love like people can't see you, but your face just lit up when you said, you know. And I'm gonna bring him Chick Fil A for lunch. It's (laughs) like, you know, I. It's it's mostly for me.
1: I want Chick Fil A, and so.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But it's so it's so clear how much fun you have, you know, and how much you love this. So, you know, in any career there's lots of possibilities. You could have chosen commercial real estate. You'd be doing something entirely different. Mm-hmm. You could be choosing multifamily real estate. It'd be an entirely different experience. You might not like it, right? So the same thing is true with any kind of storytelling, creator, you know, journalist kind of a job, which podcasting falls into. And I would say over the course of my career, the thing that I truly am is an editor, right? I love helping other people shape their stories. Choose stories, pitch stories, find stories, shape them, bring them to fruition, make them the best they can be. And my philosophy has always been as an editor, I'm not trying to make you into me. I'm trying to make you the best you you can be. It's like unlocking the gem that is inside you. And we all know the blank page is a rough thing to face. And the same thing is true in a podcast. It's just a different medium. So I've always help people from the very beginning. Before we started Podcast Allies, I started it with a partner three years ago and she's not part of the company anymore. But long before that, people were coming to me and saying, can I just pick your brain? Can I ask you, I want to start a podcast. What tips do you have for me? Just because I had made some and I'd been in radio and that's how the business was born. And so training was at the heart of it from the beginning. And that's what we do with our clients our production clients is we're teaching all the time and coaching all the time. So that's how Podcast Liftoff was born. It was born a year ago as all live class. It was a workbook and Zoom classes and we piloted it and it was successful and it was great fun. I loved it, but it doesn't scale very well. And so now this new iteration of Podcast Liftoff is you can take it either self-study or self-study plus Zoom classes. And there's videos and there's audio and there's written lessons and there's a workbook. And that's good because some people love self-study. I personally am not good at self-study classes. I need a cohort. I need an instructor. I want the combination. And the people who need that combination love that because they're learning from each other on Zoom classes too. And they're hearing challenges and kind of stuff. So that's great fun. And as I mentioned in the last episode that we did, it's in three phases. So the first phase is plan with purpose. It is your strategy. It's, I think I want to start a podcast, but I don't know what to say. I don't know what I have to offer. I don't know who exactly it's for. That part helps you figure all that out so that you go into it with an editorial vision. You know, it's really, in a sense, a business plan. You wind up with a blueprint like, oh, I'm going to do a podcast for to help other realtors survive. It's going to be X number of episodes a week. It's going to start out solo hosted, then I'm going to add interviews to it. It's going to be this length. And then phase two is execution, and it's in three modules. The first one is prep. What do you need to do to get started? You need cover art, right? You might want music. You might want voiceover, like you have with Jody Kringle, right? Yep, correct. Uh, yeah, Jody is a mutual friend and the best mm-hmm. voiceover talent I've ever heard. You need a host, right? You need a hosting platform. You need a bunch of things before you can get started. So that's prep. Production is all this stuff about writing interview questions or, I mean, maybe you're doing a narrative podcast. That's a whole different ballgame. Maybe you're doing a solo hosted podcast. What is that content? And how are you going to get it down on the page? And how are you going to find, if it's an interview podcast, what's the best way to find guests and prepare them? And how do you do a good interview? You know, how do you do recording well? That's not easy. And so there's the whole production and post production piece, which is how is this thing going to get edited? And what does that mean? And then the next phase is publishing. And it's all part of execution, which is the easy part. Once you know how to do it, it's kind of rote. And, but that's how you get it out there. And then the last, the third phase in the course is promotion. We only use P's because it's a nice, handy 5P yep. model, <laughs> but it's really, how do you grow your podcast? And we offer this so that you can buy only one of the three phases or two of them or the whole course. It's been pretty successful. Everybody has different questions. That's what I love about it. So in a way it's like coaching, you know, everybody is so unique.
1: It's so amazing. And I'm glad we're closing out with this because I wish I would have had something like this when I started. And I'm so glad that you're doing it because, and I'll give him a hard time. I love Vincent, right? Vincent, you know, really will tell you when, like, you know, Vincent Paglisi, who people have heard about on the show a billion times. Like, I remember sitting around the table, October 2020, TLF retreat, whatever it is. I remember sitting around at that retreat and saying, well, no, there's no such thing as reoccurring income. I'm a realtor. And all these realtors are reaching out for help. Like, I can't help that. And he's like, dude, you need a podcast. And I spent so much time. Oh, what's the title going to be? Oh, what's the cover art going to be? And then I remember it was about December 29th of you know, 2020. My podcast was starting a couple of days later. And I hadn't recorded anything for 2021. Because I think people like me, dreamers, visionaries, entrepreneurs, I was so busy building the different things that I didn't realize okay, you need the content. And so I love what you're doing. It's amazing. Seriously, for the people out there, I mean, if they haven't heard it from two episodes with us, a podcast is an amazing way to grow your brand to just talk about what you love for one and to just have, you know, this brand that you build and to have this couth that you have when you tell someone oh, like when I tell someone, like I said, on the first episode, oh, I have a real estate podcast, even to clients, I don't bring it up. But if they find my episodes, they're going to hear me teaching realtors how to care about their clients, be a full-time realtor, you can't do it part-time, and all these things. And a podcast has so many different ways to grow what you're doing. And I love what you're doing, Elaine, because you're helping people at that foundation where so many people are like, no, I don't have a voice. I don't know. I can't have a podcast. You're the one there. That's what your business does is helps people grow it, build it, and promote it. So thank you so much. It's exciting to hear about. I'm glad it's going well. Exciting to hear it, you know, have continued success. So for my listeners out there that are going to want to do a podcast now, you know, if they're interested in a podcast or interested in podcast liftoff, where can they find you and how can they reach out to you?
0: Great. Thank you. Well, our website is podcastallies.com. And we have a white paper that talks about, it's basically case studies of different kinds of solopreneurs and also bigger organizations. And what I've started to call return on story instead of return on investment, return on story that they're getting from podcasts. And that is at podcast allies slash return on story. Allies.com slash return on story. So, you know, you put your email in, get on our newsletter list and download that white paper. And it's just kind of inspiring to see how many different and very tangible benefits that people are getting, no matter whether they're a solopreneur or, you know, a filmmaker. I've got a filmmaker in there or a big giant organization like the Environmental Defense Fund. And So that's how to find me and the contact information is all on the website.
1: Well, thank you so much, I think. And I'll just kind of close out The cool thing about a podcast is when you have it, you know, I now have 100 plus episodes. Well, there's people still going back and finding my first couple episodes. I'm not doing work for those anymore. They're just out there on the internet for them to find. So really appreciate your time. Thank you so much, guys. Please check her out, podcastallies.com and check out that case studies for the return on story, podcastallies.com slash return on story. Elaine Appleton Grant, thank you so much. It was an honor to have you on the show again. Thanks for your time.
0: So much fun, John. I enjoyed this interview more than I have enjoyed so many different ones. So thank you very much for that. Thank
1: you so much. Really appreciate you. Thankful for your friendship and what you're sharing and how you're helping people. And we'll talk to you soon. Take care, John. Bye-bye. Thank you so much, Elaine Appleton-Grant, for being a guest again on this week's podcast episode. These two interviews with Elaine, I enjoyed so much, and I'm so thankful to bring them to you with the first one last week and this one this week. I hope you guys enjoyed them as much as I did. And as we close out, just wanted to kind of give you a few of my key takeaways from my second interview here with Elaine. I think one of the things I really took away from this episode was how she stated towards the beginning, you know, that you're not always going to be good at something when you're new and that it's going to be hard. And I think so many people, when they try something new, whether it's podcasting, real estate, they just think, oh, if I don't do well at it right away, I'm not good at it. Well, no. That's not true. You just have to take some time. Skills like those required to succeed in real estate are not something that you just develop overnight. It takes years and years of practice and hard work to get to a point where you can be good in a sales career like real estate. So that was one of my big takeaways and a good reminder for all of us from my interview with her. Another big takeaway, and I love this question because I love the answers that I get, but I asked her what she would do differently if she could go back and do things in her career. And she said if she were to do things differently, she would go after her passion and curiosity instead of just taking whatever came along. This certainly was something that resounded with me. You know, I often have shared and will share more, you know, coming up in March about my W-2 journey and my career. But I often just kind of took whatever job and career I fell into more than anything. And never really went after my passions and curiosities. And so this is definitely a lesson for me, you know, and I've kind of found my sweet spot now. But for those of you who are still looking for it, do the things that you're passionate about and do the things that, you know, get you excited and that you're curious about instead of just doing any job or opportunity that comes along. Another big takeaway for me was how she, you know, talked about a career in journalism and said that these careers are hard. You know, I often talk about how hard it is in real estate. That's why this podcast exists, right? Because 80% of realtors are out of the business within two years, and 87% of realtors are out of the business within five years. And so I wanted to create a podcast for realtors to, you know, feel encouraged in what they're doing rather than feel like they're just going to fail. But I do feel like after talking to her, these same sort of statistics apply to many solopreneur or entrepreneurial journeys. And so be encouraged in that, that, you know, whatever you're in, in an entrepreneurial world, you're not alone. Like careers are hard, jobs are hard. And especially when you work for yourself or things like that, there's so many different things that you have to do in your job to create success or your career. And so be encouraged that, you know, you're not alone. And there's many other realtors out there, right? Thousands of realtors out there. But even if you're in a different position or doing something different, there's so many people like you that feel the way you do, and so you can use it as an opportunity to really encourage them and help them through maybe starting a podcast like we've talked about on these two episodes with Elaine. You know, those are my real takeaways from this. I love what she is building there. I really love what she is doing with Podcast Allies and with her new course, Podcast Liftoff. Guys, I checked out what she's doing with Podcast Liftoff, and it is absolutely amazing. Like I said on the episode, I wish I really would have had something like this, you know, over a year ago when I started my podcast, you know, getting kickstarted and planning and then going into the execution. You know, as a dreamer and visionary and entrepreneur, I'm very good at, you know, having all these great ideas and planning, but then executing those ideas is the hard part for me. And so if you guys are thinking about it, please check out what she is doing with Podcast Liftoff, where she takes you from the kickstarting your podcast with a plan with a purpose to the execution phase where you do production, publishing, and then, you know, that final phase where you talk about how to grow your podcast. It's amazing what she's doing. I know you guys will really enjoy it. And it is such a deal. Go and check out what she's doing with Podcast Liftoff. It's amazing. I know it will be worth every single dollar and tons more than you actually spend on the course, whether you do the self-paced course or the live course. Both options are amazing depending on how you learn best. So thank you so much again, Elaine Appleton Grant, for being such an amazing guest on these past two podcast episodes. I really appreciate you and thank you all so much for listening to these episodes and I hope you enjoyed it. And with that, I'll see you guys on our next episode.